welcome back to Heck of a Book. I'm your host, Ellie Mayno, age 13, and for the 83rd official episode of Hook of a Book, I'll be reviewing a listener request sent in from Rhea, The First Rule of Climate Club, written by Carrie Firestone. I realized I haven't done a catch-up in a while, so let me do that now. Hi, I'm Ellie. If you're new to the podcast, each week I review a different middle grade or young adult book, sometimes with guests. My goal is to inspire all kids to read. Now that we're caught up, let's continue. The first rule of Climate Club is the sequel to Dress Coded, which I reviewed on an earlier episode. I love Dress Coded, and I loved the first rule of Climate Club. Thank you so much, Rhea, for recommending this book to me. It was totally amazing. If you're a fan of books about activism and making change, you'll love this read. Let me read you a summary of the first rule of Climate Club right now. Mary-Kate Murphy has taken over Molly Frost's podcast, which used to be called Dress Coded, but is now called All's Well in Bearsville. Molly is now a high schooler, and Mary-Kate is going into 8th grade. But Mary-Kate doesn't think she has the knack for podcasting like Molly did. Now that the school board has revised the dress code, there doesn't seem to be a need for that podcast anymore. So Mary-Kate doesn't really think about All's Well in Bearsville. She has bigger things to worry about. Her best friend, Lucy, is suddenly showing symptoms of a mysterious illness that nobody can diagnose. Mary-Kate is worried for Lucy, who doesn't even have the energy to go to school anymore. And no amount of medicine or doctor's appointments seem to be helping. Mary-Kate and Lucy were supposed to be in the climate club together this year, a new class that was super hard to get into. But now it's just Mary-Kate. Climate club turns out to be pretty cool, though. However, as Mary-Kate starts learning about the environment, she realizes that her school isn't very eco-friendly. Kids often throw, like, half of their lunch away, creating food waste. There's no composting program. And Mary-Kate also starts to realize that the town's mayor is not interested in making the town more green. Green as in eco-friendly. Mary-Kate even learns that one of her friends, Sean, feels like an outsider at school because he takes the bus from the city. And some of the mayor's actions help Sean feel even less included and welcomed. Mary-Kate is noticing some major problems that nobody seems to be interested in addressing. So she decides to make some change. She's shy, but to change the way this town is running, she's going to have to step outside of her comfort zone. And maybe it's time to give podcasting a second chance. However, Lucy is still sick, and her symptoms seem to be getting worse and worse. No matter how much Mary-Kate wants to make a change in her community, she can't stop thinking about her best friend. Will Lucy ever get better? Will Mary-Kate be able to help all of her friends feel included and safe? And with the help of the Climate Club, will Mary-Kate be able to help her town go green? This book made me think. After reading it, I wanted to become more energy efficient. I know I often forget to turn the lights off after leaving a room, which my dad gets on to me about all the time. Sorry, Dad. I'm working on that. Anyway, I also loved that Mary-Kate has a podcast. I know a thing or two about that. It can be a wonderful way to spread a message. This book was just amazing. Let me read you a passage from the first rule of Climate Club right now. Now, let's regroup, Mr. Lou says. I get it. Climate change is terrifying. In fact, I'm going to call it what it is, a climate crisis. Anyone with a kindergarten science background can see that our planet is warming because of our addiction to extracting, 
processing and burning fossil fuels so we can have those coveted sneakers you're all wearing and take long showers while listening to bad music. I look down at everybody's shoes. But we're going to start this class on the other side. We're going to build a vision of what a post-addiction planet would look like. He raises all the words Rabia wrote. Close your eyes. We don't because it's always awkward when teachers ask us to close our eyes. Come on, you're not in seventh grade anymore. Trust the process and close those eyes. I close my eyes. Good. Now picture a planet where we are all living in harmony with plants and animals and insects and each other. Touch it. Smell it. Watch it unfold around you. Listen to the sounds of life springing up from places you never expected, of life blooming everywhere. It's hard to think of anything with Elijah's allergy sniffling next to me. Okay, now open your eyes, Mr. Lou says after what seems like an eternity. Come on, follow me. He crawls out the window. Thankfully, his classroom is on the first floor. We look at one another. He said to follow him, Hannah says. Do we bring our stuff, Ben asks. I shrug. We roll ourselves out the window and land on the grass. Go, Mr. Lou says, shooing at us. Go commune with nature. Get to know all of your flora and fauna friends. He points towards the late summer wildflowers and the sluggish bees sipping nectar from the cardinal flowers and the woods that connect our neighborhood to the preserve. We can't save the planet if we don't understand the planet. Come back tomorrow with a written version of what you want this planet to look like. Your version of a perfect world. We'll start there. People are wandering around aimlessly. I walk over to my favorite birch tree right near the path through the woods to Molly's house. I scrape the rough bark with my finger. What kind of tree is that? Somebody asks over my shoulder. I turn around and see Sean squinting up at my tree. Birch, I say. Look how it's bending to try to get better sun. It's so cool, he says. I think this is the kind of tree people use to make canoes. I think you're right. Awkward silence. See you later, he says walking away. Bye, tree. See you later, I say. I thought I was the only one who talked to trees. I chose to read that passage to you because it takes place during one of the first meetings of the Climate Club. You get to meet Mary-Kate and also Sean a little bit. I love how Carrie Firestone writes about important topics that are coming up more and more in our lives. If you love Dress Coded, this is a must-read. A must read. Hey, do you know what time it is? It's time for a message for the grown-ups. <coughs> hey, adults. So, in the first rule of Climate Club, there isn't anything super inappropriate, just a few puberty references that you should be aware of. Other than that, there's nothing you need to worry about. It addresses climate change super well, and your kids will love this book. I recommend the first rule of Climate Club for kids ages 10 to 14. Now, it's time for the last segment on Hook of a Book. What emotion? You know the rules. Okay, drum roll please. The emotion I felt when finishing this book was... Inspired. I was inspired to work on becoming more energy efficient and helping the environment. It's important that we all do our part. The first rule of Climate Club was extremely inspiring. Thank you so much for listening to Hook of a Book this week. If you have a book you want me to review on the show, email me at hookofabookpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send in a voice message that might be featured on a future episode. The links are in the episode description. 
To stay up to date with all things Hook of a Book related, you can check out Hook of a Book's Instagram. Sometimes additional book recommendations that aren't on the show will be featured there. The link is in the podcast description. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep on reading! Ellie out! Thank you.